Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by Vista Property Report. Now, th with this product, you can pull 10 unique insights for any, any property, and you're using the power of smartphone location data. And we set up for you to get free access to 10 reports. Just go to this website, vistapropertyreport.com slash CRE show. Well, today we are continuing our coverage of, of really around COVID. What is going on here <laughs> and uh, how are companies and, and tenants uh, and investors dealing with it and what should we expect moving forward? And, you know, it's hard to skate where the uh, puck is going if you don't kind of look at what's going on here with the trends. What do we expect for performance of various property types moving forward and values? One of those property types that's gained a lot more interest in, in, in probably the last decade is self-storage. It's become quite a big industry now uh, with a lot of um, institutional investors also getting involved right down to small investors. Please welcome my guest. It's Barbara Denham. She's Senior Economist with Reese Real Estate Solutions by Moody's Analytics. Barbara, good to see you again. Hi, Michael. Thanks for having me. Well, Barbara, you know, a lot of property types are experiencing um, a little bit of performance uh, problems right now. What about self-storage? Well, self-storage is in a very unique situation. Uh, first of all, it was suffering from oversupply prior to the pandemic. Uh, we saw new, new construction everywhere, and it was creating a lot of problems. Vacancy rates were increasing, rent were declining in almost every metro, some significantly. Uh, again, more because of the oversupply. I mean, you don't need me to tell you that self-storage has low barriers to entry. It's very easy to just convert a building, put in up lockers and uh, storage units. So uh, a lot of investors did just that. And so we had an oversupply problem to begin with. And then when the pandemic hit, oddly enough, demand actually went up. We actually see a decline in the vacancy rate as of the preliminary, and I do stress that word preliminary. Preliminary data shows that the vacancy rate actually went down for the first time uh, in a few quarters. Um, however, rents also declined, and I think it's because a lot of uh, property owners realized that, yes, there is a lot of temporary stress, a lot of uh, tenants in apartments who may have uh, moved either temporarily or permanently and needed uh, self-storage for their supply, but they're also battling against many competitors, so they lowered the rents. Well, that's yes. an interesting combination, isn't it, that occupancy increased, but, but rates went down? Very unique, uh, very unusual. Uh, we're in unusual times, so we're seeing unusual things in the data, specifically self-storage. We actually haven't seen as many dramatic changes in our other property types as of the second quarter, but self-storage, this odd, very uh, kooky, as, as you would say, um, uh, development in the data. But again, it is preliminary, um, and it could probably reverse course a lot of it is, you know, again, due to a lot of disruption in uh, the apartment market, people moving, um, and uh, a lot of the student housing data showing that there's, you know, we, we know that universities had some very, really big upheaval in the last few months. So, would you I like mean, me to share it? Okay. Go ahead. 
No, so I'll share that anecdote, which is that a lot of universities had to send their students home. And a lot of those students had to move home before they could pack up their stuff. So uh, like my son's university, he came home and two months later, he was giving instructions to these movers as to what things in his dorm room were his versus his roommates. And some stranger basically packed his stuff in boxes and uh, we don't know where it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm very trusting, but uh, you know, that's, that's a big dorm at a big university. So a lot of schools probably had to take some bulk uh, leases for self-storage space, at least for the short term. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to try to think about demand moving forward for self-storage. And you look at some of the trends that are happening right now, you know, a lot of people spending more time in their home and they're kind of fixing up their home. And you would think uh, that's one of the things self-storage, you might want to get some clutter, you know, out of your space or organize your space, right? If you look at office space right now, as we open back up, yeah. We may need more space per employee for distancing. So we may need to unclutter some of our office space and, and use storage for that. So what, what is your outlook for, but, but, but also you got cost issues, right? Everybody's really more cost conscious. So what do you expect moving forward? Well, we, uh, again, that uh, new supply issue is, is, is still a very significant issue because construction is still underway in a lot of markets. Um, and it's all about location. So we see a lot of competition out there. Um, we actually see uh, demand, uh, well, we see occupancy, the vacancy rates going up at the end of the year. We, we think a lot of these kind of temporary uh, occupants, be they, you know, apartment dwellers moving out temporarily or universities then, you know, uh, getting out of their leases because their students are back in school, we hope. Um, so we see vacancy rates going up and um, rents going down. We, you know, the current decline is just about 3% for the quarter. Um, and we see that continuing down to 4% or more decline by the end of the year. You know, and a lot of investors trying to make decisions, buy, sell, hold, what should they invest in? Have there been enough sales close in the last, say, quarter to get an idea of, of value trends for self-storage? I mean, the short answer is no. The transaction market is really, really slow. And I would say the self-storage transaction market is even slower. So um, I'm sure there have been. I, I haven't seen many come across um, my desk. Uh, I would have to dig pretty deeply. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just been a very slow quarter for transactions. Um, uh, and, yeah, and most of them are in kind of uh, smaller markets. Um, I think the REITs have been pretty quiet, but pretty busy. I think it's easier to lease with a REIT, um, with a name, than with a company that's, that's, you know, either, you know, not, not well-known company. Yeah, we took out a $40 million project uh, during uh, COVID um, and we had a lot of offers uh, from private equity, mm -hmm. uh, but we hit the REITs kind of said, look, we're, we're kind of <laughs> busy. We have a lot of issues right now. And so uh, we only had one offer come in on that package uh, from a, from a REIT. So uh, it is interesting to see what's going on there. Well, what about uh, adaptive reuse for self-storage and impact there, Barbara? It seems like, you know, if we look at retail properties, uh, hotel properties, you know, occasionally I see some of those being repurposed for self-storage. Is that something that uh, will might continue? 
Yeah, I mean, that, like I said, the barriers to entry are very low. So we had seen a lot of those conversions and um, uh, creative uh, reuse of properties, especially large department stores. Um, I, I have a feeling that will slow down because what we have seen is a pretty healthy um, activity in the industrial sector, particularly warehouse and distribution, um, because e-commerce is still very strong, and a lot of people believe it'll be stronger as you know people social distance and do more online shopping. So the creative reuse into self-storage will slow, but the, the reuse of properties into warehouse distribution, I think, will continue, and people may even... Um, you know, sell uh, self-storage property and gut it and, and convert it into warehouse distribution with Flex R&D. Interesting. You know, and I think about uh, the extra cost of operating properties today, mm -hmm. uh, at least uh, uh, pre-vaccine uh, related to COVID. Uh, you know, you have some extra costs with a lot of these properties, but seemingly with self-storage, some of these properties operate with without anyone there. Right. And the tenants aren't there that often. So that would seem like one property type where NOIs uh, would not be impacted by the cost. And you're mentioning that actually is going up. You know, what do you expect moving forward as far as valuations? Let's take a property type like self-storage. Are the adjustments in value going to be more related to NOI or more related to cap rate? It seems like there is a lot of dry powder, a lot of demand, low interest rates for for purchasers, where do you expect the price trends to, to be more NOI or more cap? Uh, I, I think a lot of it is more um, NOI. Um, I, and again, I think the supply issue is a big one. And we're in a very unusual time. And I think many uh, would behoove to try to hang on for a year or so. Uh, once we hopefully have a vaccine, a lot of business activity will continue. I mean, I think I saw something recently that many people, particularly millennials, want to go back to work in an office. Uh, it's getting the, the kind of advantages of working from home have really kind of weared themselves out. Uh, you know, I luckily here I am in my home, haven't gotten interrupted yet by a, a sleeping teen. Thanks for booking this at 9 a.m. Um, so, but it gets in, in every family or household, it, it, it's everyone wants, wants to get back to work. And self storage, I think you're going to see a lot of um, maybe some businesses going out of business because of lack of demand. But like you said, the overhead is so extremely low that a lot of investors and property owners can survive these. Uh, uh, crazy times. And, um, and I think it's why rents are going down. I think people are just offering very, very steep discounts. Um, so I think long-term, this sector is still uh, a worthy investment. Um, it's just holding on through these really difficult quarters until uh, things start to normalize, but they will normalize. Yeah. And it's amazing the difference um, in office use and performance and, and psyche around the country and our listeners and viewers are all over the country but Barbara you're there in the city uh, here in New York uh, so tell our listeners kind of what's the vibe there what do you see there today well uh, you know in this holiday season with uh, you know beaches are open but very you know our public pools and our private pools are closed so it's really hard to cool off and get outside when you can't go swimming so uh, I would say it's very quiet and much in New York City. Um, 
and everyone is still wearing a mask. We are uh, still cautious, but um, you know, I think, I don't know if it made national news, but we were supposed to have phase three of our reopening, which was supposed to allow for indoor dining, and our governor canceled that in the, in the wake of the surge in cases in Texas and Florida and elsewhere, because people are still traveling back and forth between southern states and here. So a lot of people who can have left the city, um, a lot of people are still, you know, eager to spend money either, you know, at an outdoor bar, outdoor restaurants, but it's getting really, really hot. Yeah. People don't want to sit outside in the heat to eat there. So, um, you know, I think it, we're cautiously optimistic, but it's still, you know, everyone's just crossing their fingers that we can start school in the fall and kids can actually go to school. Um, but it's really, you know, week to week. Yeah, let's hope the kids can get back to school and hope yeah. college football uh, cranks back. <laughs> uh, what's it like there with, you know, office use uh, today? And are people getting back in the offices or, and what's mass transit like there? What's the subway like? Ugh, I know. Uh, I can tell you since March 13th, I've ridden the subway exactly twice on a Saturday. And I took a picture when I walked in and it was an empty car. Um, so I don't, I mean that, that very few people are taking transit, uh, unless they really have to, some people are going to the office, um, uh, and only the ones that really need to. Um, so the good, the good thing is technology is allowing people to work from home and most people are still very productive. Uh, so I would say, yeah, there's some serious infrastructure issues because, you know, public transportation systems cannot survive on no revenue. And, uh, you know, I haven't bought a subway card in, in months. So wow. I, I, I don't know how, you know, we're going to need some serious funding from the federal government or borrowing to, to survive this because it's, it's hard. It's going to be hard for the government. What's it like to get a cab there in New York? <laughs> it's not that hard. It's really not that hard. Uh, but, you know, you're, people are like, why would you get in a cab? You know, it's, it's just like getting into a crowded subway. But I, I, I've taken the cab also exactly once. And really? have a hard time. Yeah. Well, Barbara, what would you leave our audience with related to the economy, commercial real estate, and uh, and maybe uh, self storage moving forward? Uh, self storage is definitely going to have a lot of um, correction uh, in values and rents. Um, and again, it's just a matter of waiting up the storm. Um, the commercial real estate in general is very varied. I think the apartment market is actually going to you know suffer a little correction especially in some markets but it's not hurting as much as um say office and retail retail is definitely hurting the worst um, office probably will just be very stagnant for years um whereas retail will probably see more places uh closing and, and um you know getting just the retail picture overall i mean people are still a year to go out to shop but i i, I think we're still over retail in any capacity in much capacity the industrial sector is the one that's really holding out its own, mainly because of e-commerce. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a property by property and it's a location by location. As Interesting. You know, as an economist with the focus on real estate, Barbara, did you ever think you'd be looking at uh, a real estate recovery and rebound based on a vaccine? No, no. I mean, the only relevant reference to, to this is 9-11, uh, which really hurt New York City. And most of all, it created tremendous uncertainty because no one knew if there was going to be another terrorist strike. You know, we had just 
horrible cleaning up to do downtown. No one wanted to go downtown. So in New York, we have that kind of reference point of uncertainty. And the good news is we've gotten, we got through it and we actually, uh, you know, it took a few years, but we recovered very strongly. So that gives me optimism that we have a, a resilient New York City, but we also have a resilient economy in general. People want to get back to work. And um, uh, yeah, I, I just, I pray that a, a vaccine comes sooner rather than later and that we can try to get back <laughs> to seeing people going out to dinner. I mean, and in the theaters, you know, in New York, we have no Broadway till 2021. And it's, it's just, you know, everyone wants to get back to it. Yeah. Yeah, let's hope it's soon. And, uh, you know, the people seem to react very, very quickly, almost knee-jerk reactions these days to things going on. It's like 24 hours every second news from multiple uh, people and companies. And we, we make changes quick. And you were there in New York, so I got to ask you, wasn't there kind of some thoughts after 9-11 that maybe uh, high-rise office buildings, uh, people wouldn't want to go back in them? Was that the thought? And then what really happened? Yes, I'm so glad you brought that up. It's such an important point to make. The dire predictions after 9-11 were just off the map. No one would work in an office. No, you know, lower Manhattan was dead. No one would get on the subways. You know, a lot of the big banks leased these remote contingency planning properties for most of their staff to work in. And most of them were never occupied. It was this kind of, again, like you said, just, you know, risk high-risk uh, decision-making that made sense at the time, but after a few years, it, you know, it just, it really didn't make sense. So, and Lower Manhattan is as strong as ever. Working at Seven World Trade Center, I can tell you, it's, it's, doing, uh, it's doing very well. So, um, yeah, you have to be cautious and careful of the dire predictions out there um, because th that's what the media will, will grab onto. If you say, ah, hold steady, things will be okay in uh, 18 months. They're like, yeah, it's too boring. So, so yes, thank you for bringing that attention. Don't worry about the kind of the worst case scenarios. You know, some markets will suffer disproportionately more than others, but a lot of things will normalize in the next 18 months. Or so. This too will pass. <laughs> well, thank you, Barbara. Thanks for joining us. Great insight as usual. Thank you, Michael. All right. Thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. Uh, comment, uh, share the show, and uh, we appreciate hearing from you on your favorite uh, social media. Uh, reach out if you have any questions uh, or thoughts. And until next show, be sure you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Appreciate the show? Consider referring business or doing business with our sponsors. Bull Realty is a commercial real estate sales, leasing, and advisory firm doing business throughout the Southeast, headquartered in Atlanta. Visit bullrealty.com for more information. Commercial Agent Success Strategies provides video training for commercial agents. This training gets five-star reviews from even the most experienced brokers. Learn more at commercialagentsuccess.com. You're invited to connect with us on your favorite social media. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. Don't miss a show of special interest to you. Be sure and subscribe to the show on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. 
and at the show website, CREshow.com, you can subscribe for a weekly email announcing the show topic and guest. While you're there, you also found more videos and podcasts. Thank you for watching or listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show.